Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages. Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet couple who loved each other so very much. A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, there lived a monkey. There was once a man, tall and handsome, who met a, a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Here we are, at the end of the third season of the Story Story Podcast. I don't know if I've ever told you about me, your host, Rachel Ann Harding. I live in Colorado in the United States. I have no pets, but I do have nine plants that I water almost regularly. I like berries, especially raspberries. I tell traditional stories as well, but only have put one of my stories on the podcast so far, and I will be telling you more in the next season. I love fairy tales. I love other people telling me fairy tales, and my favorites are the ones that are a little bit sad or have ghosts in them. I decided to make a podcast featuring storytellers telling traditional stories because I knew I would at least listen to it, but I found that I'm not alone. There are many of you who enjoy listening to them too. This episode is short, sweet, and song-filled. Many stories travel through song, and Barbara Schutz-Gruber, a storyteller, singer, and weaver, will sing the first one. She sings a story about a beautiful, proud young woman. This is Lady Mole. Among the hills of Cornwall, beside the Severn Sea, lived the daughter of a lordly race, Alice of the Comb, named she, named she, Alice of the Comb, named she. Fair she was and comely, tender, tall and fine, standing on youth's threshold, proud with eyes divine, divine, proud with eyes divine. Her eyes like summer waters when the sea is soft and bright. Those eyes so large and clear and blue, her mother's joy and light and light, her mother's joy and light. The fashion of her stateliness, the richness of her gowns, in all of Cornwall's maidens, no equal could be found, be found, no equal could be found. Alice knew that she was lovely, men sought her far and near, but cold she was like graven stone, to suit her she turned deaf ear, deaf ear, to suit her she turned deaf ear. For Alice loved another, a valiant knight so bold, loyal soldier of a Stuart king, the fair Beville of Stowe of Stowe, the fair Beville of Stowe. Now message came of banquet at the stately halls of Stowe, of wassail and of dancing, Alice of the Combe would go, would go, Alice of the Combe would go. 
The casket poured forth jewel and gem, for Alice must look her best. Robes precious and luxurious were unfolded from their rest. Their rest were unfolded from their rest. It was the day, the hour, the time the page waited for his call. Her mother spinning at her wheel, Alice entered the old oak hall. Oak hall, Alice entered the old oak hall. Jewels like stars at midnight shone in her raven hair. Her robe, the finest velvet, rich and soft beyond compare, compare, rich and soft beyond compare. And on her hand she wore a ring, the stone gleamed clear and bright. Alice stood before the mirrored glass, proud eyes filled with delight, delight, proud eyes filled with delight. May all good angels aid thee and hear a mother's oath. Oft shall I pray tonight, dear, may Sir Bevel pledge his troth, his troth, may Sir Bevel pledge his troth. But haughty was the answer as she gazed into the glass. Alice trusted only in those eyes filled with pride and arrogance against, filled with pride and arrogance. I'll sway Sir Bevel's heart now with eyes like these so fair. Any queen could pale before me. I have no need of prayer of prayer. I have no need of prayer. Those words but barely spoken when a shriek, a cry, a sob. Where once there stood a lovely maid, now vanished, silent, gone. She's gone, now vanished, silent, gone. Wild tones of mystic music filled the dark night air. There came a rush, a beam of light. Fair Alice no longer there, not there. Fair Alice no longer there. East and west they sought her in northern parts and south, but never more seen in that land. Her mother's tears cried out, cried out. Her mother's tears cried out. The moon did wax, the moon did wane. The months wore slowly on, and crones each night beside the hearths told tales of Alice gone. She's gone. Told tales of Alice gone. But then one night the gardener spied among the roses grown a mound the likes he'd never seen. Upon it something shone. It shone. Upon it something shone. It was a ring, the selfsame ring Alice wore that fateful night. That ring she wore upon her hand when she vanished out of sight of sight. When she vanished out of sight. And written in its borders, within the band there hung, the tracery of fine runes in the ancient Cornish tongue. That tongue, in the ancient Cornish tongue. But none could read the old tongue long years since last it spoke, until one day a priest did come, gray shadow wrapped in cloak and cloak, gray shadow wrapped in cloak. 
Long years he served at altar, a solitary form. Men said he heard and understood when spirits speak and roam and roam, when spirits speak and roam. Hear the language of his youth as he looked upon the ring. The earth must hide both eyes and pride. Twas written in that ring, the ring. Twas written in that ring. And when those words were uttered in the garden by the mound, there came a sound, a low faint cry from the grass upon the ground, the ground, from the grass upon the ground. Then they beheld a wondrous strange, a small creature there did probe, clothed in a fine soft velvet skin, just like Alice's robe, her robe, just like Alice's robe. Then they beheld a wondrous strange, its eyes sealed fast and tight. It groped about the rich dark earth in everlasting night, in night, in everlasting night. And then the ancient man he wept, he knew what all this meant. This maiden's pride brought on her doom forever to lament, lament, forever to lament. For all her fine and rich array had changed into a skin. Her once large eyes forever gone, never a heart to win, to win, never a heart to win. Ah, woe is me, and well a day, that lovely maid of old had now become a creeping thing, dark mother of the moles, the moles, dark mother of the moles. Now take good heed, fair maidens, if ye gaze in the glass at home, and put your trust in face and eyes. Think of Alice of the Comb, the Comb. Think of Alice of the Comb. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is the Hungry Wolves Love and Rehabilitation Facility, also known as the Howler Facility. So many wolves are in need of support from issues with asthma that lead them to blow down poorly constructed houses to those afflicted with hunger for pigs, grandmothers, little girls in red clothes, and other fairy tale creatures. At the Howler facility, the wolves are able to stay in a safe place where they can rest from being chased by angry villagers waving pitchforks and torches, and they can experience renewal through talk therapy, dietary support, and art. We have had many success stories of wolves experiencing transformation, sometimes literally, as they shed the cursed wolf skin and become human once again, able to join their families. This holiday season, consider donating to the Howler facility by spending a few minutes clapping for the fairies who are a vital part of the staff or wear your green holiday clothes instead of red. The Howler facility. We will huff and puff and blow away your preconceived notions of wolves. And now a little about the podcast. At the time of this recording, there have been 17,000 listens to the podcast. There are listeners that I know personally, but there are so many that I don't. And to all of you, I say hello and thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying this. 
I can tell the general cities that have listeners, and I see some of you are close to me in Denver, Colorado, while some are a little further away, like Petaluma, California, or Snellville, Georgia. Some of you listeners are in further-flung places like Cambridge or Tokyo, Japan. I can't see where everybody's listening from, but I see the numbers for each episode, and I'm grateful for each of your lovely ears. So for your lovely ears, I have one more song by Australian storyteller and musician Jenny Cargill-Strong. This is Mr. Fox. Outside Mr. Fox's garden Three maids playing with a golden ball Jenny threw it up and Susan caught it Mary bounced it over the wall The wall is high Mr. Fox has a little red eye In she ran to fetch her ball again The garden gate stood open wide It silently closed and locked behind her Mr Fox stood just inside The wall is high His smile is cruel and his eyes are sly He says, I'll keep this golden ball, Miss Mary, I shall have it, and here you will stay. You will keep my house and be my servant, never stir out for a year and a day. The wall is high, the grasses shiver and the tall trees sigh. Spring and summer passed like shadows She watched the green leaves fade and fall She walked alone in the empty garden Mr Fox said nothing at all The wall is high Never a soul came near nor by But three strange things he did forbid her Never touch my iron box Never go near the thirteenth bedroom Nor near the bed, said Mr Fox The wall is high, Mary, don't you dare ask why Mary, she rose up one morning Found an iron box on the shelf But of all the rooms of Mr. Fox's Bedrooms there were only twelve The wall is high Mary, don't you peep or pry One day Mr. Fox went walking in that box She found the key, it fitted a door she never unfastened And when she opened it, what did she see? The wall is high, the door said run and the key said fly 
In Mr. Fox's thirteenth bedroom, a naked sword hung on the wall. On a silver bowl on the bed's black counterpane, there she saw her golden ball. And the wall is high, the bed said calm, and the sword said die. In she ran to fetch her ball again, to snatch it off that great black bed. Out jumped Mr. Fox and leapt out at her. His teeth flashed white and his eyes burned red. The wall is Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 36. Show the love. Find Barbara Schrutz Gruber and Jenny Cargill Strong on Facebook and the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find the song Lady Mole on Barbara's CD, Ladies Night Out. And you can find the song Mr. Fox on Jenny's CD, Stories to Light the Dark. You can also find them through their websites or links at the podcast website. In fairy tales, the magic number is three, so I have three things for you to do. One, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. And here's a special ask. I would like this podcast to keep growing. I'll be doing everything I can from this side to share the podcast, but I need your help. It can be as simple as sharing your favorite episode of the podcast on Facebook with your friends. Or if you know a blogger or media outlet who would dig these wonderful stories, take a few minutes to let me know how to reach out to them. Two, join the mailing list. You will get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox, plus news and other storytelling related goodness. Three, consider becoming a supporter. For as little as $4 a month, the cost of a box of Twinkle Lights, you help support the podcast and will get access to a Story Story Short. The Story Story Short for this episode is Papa God's Gift by Lynn Ford, which is a beautiful story in verse. You can find out how to support the podcast and join the mailing list at storystorypodcast.com and a thank you as big as the full annotated version of the Grim Stories to those who are donating. If you would like to stay connected, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. Come say hello, check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors, and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. I know this episode is a bit shorter, but the next episode will be coming out on January 3rd, not even a month away. I'll be working hard these next few weeks to create the story lineup that will delight and enchant you. I'll be featuring new storytellers from around the world and old favorites. If you know a storyteller that you adore and think they should be on the podcast, you're probably right. Connect me to them and I will see what I can do. I hope you'll join me again. And until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I know. I was there. I would cross 27 countries, wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants, and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story for another time. The last thing he said before he died 
was a curse on anyone who would dare to go sing with the fans. Just because a story is strange, do not mistake. It can also be true.